0: I think that we have to we we ought to stop every once in a while and we ought to consider just how incredible it is that our God has loved us as he has. I think you need to take a moment. You just need to think about how incredible this thing is called the incarnation. I think you just got to stop every once in a while and you got to look back over Time the last two thousand plus years, and you got to see what the Lord has done for us, and and the weight that He carried upon His shoulders when He went to that cross. And you ought to stop and think about it. We ought to preach about it. We ought to sing about it. We ought to give Him praise for it, um, because we were, as the old preachers would say, we were lost and undone, and we didn't have a whole lot of hope in this, in this world. But thank God that he robed himself in flesh, and that he came to provide himself a sacrifice for us. Um, the scripture that the kids read before they or quoted before they sang today is such a powerful scripture. When those shepherds were in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night, and the angel of the Lord came to them and said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Somebody say all people. Say they'll be to all people. It's going to be good tidings. It's going to be great joy. It's going to be to all people. We serve a good God. We serve a good God. When our Lord began to create this world, and He began to speak these things into existence, um, He uh, was very specific. He was very intentional about everything that he did. And from the beginning of the the world, he made sure that that he did not uh, leave us without a plan, did not leave us without a way for us to be saved from the degradation that he knew would come upon this world. And so from the very beginning, God had a plan. Even when he put Adam and Eve into that garden garden, and told Adam, you're going to keep this garden and, uh, and, and tend to it. Even in the midst of all of that, God had a plan because he knew then what Adam and Eve would do with their human nature. He knew that they would eventually fall. Uh, he knew that um, there was going to be a need for them to be bought back and redeemed to him. And so I thank God that he did not leave us without a plan. I thank God that he had a plan in mind from the very beginning of the world. And he didn't do that for just uh, anybody. He didn't do that for the animals. And he didn't just do that for one nationality. And he didn't just do that for one color. And he didn't just do that for one culture. And he didn't just do that for one socioeconomic group. But our God did that for all of us. And when he came, he came unto us. He came unto us. That ought to get a hold of us today. He came unto us. Why? Because we needed him. Why? Because without him, we didn't have a chance. Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. Can you say amen? amen. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11 says that when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. This is speaking of the wise men. And they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. And these were the gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus. This is what they gave unto Jesus. Him Now, the Bible is divided into two main uh, parts, and that is the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the, the Old Testament is uh, really the story of God's dealings uh, with an earthly nation called Israel. He wanted them to be his chosen people. But when he came to earth as their Messiah, uh, you can read through the Bible, you will find that they rejected him. And so then God uh, even turned his attention toward the Gentiles, and that would be you and me. John 1 and 11, the Bible says that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, that we were just singing about, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but these were born of God. Throughout the Old Testament period, God was trying to teach mankind something. And that is that no matter how hard we try, we as human beings cannot measure up to God's standard of perfection. Even the most uh, consecrated among us will fall very short of the mark Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The entirety of the Old Testament system was designed to make mankind feel their inadequacy. Even when the poorest person in the kingdom uh, appeared before a king, didn't matter what your, uh, what your uh, wealth was. It didn't matter what your financial status was. Everybody who came before a king was required to bring a gift to that king that he could add to his treasury. Gift-giving played such an important, important part in their social life that the Hebrew language contains no less than 15 different words for that one idea, to give a gift. That's why you have scriptures like these, Proverbs 17 and 8. A gift is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it, whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. Proverbs 17, 23. A wicked man taketh a gift out of the bosom to pervert the ways of judgment. Proverbs 18 and 16. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. Some people have read that scripture and they have, they have interpreted that scripture to mean that if you have a gift, if you have a talent in your life, if you will just uh, develop those things, that eventually that gift, that talent in your life will bring you into places that... Well, that, that, that is probably very true, but that's not what the scripture is saying. The scripture actually has to do with the fact that if you would bring uh, somebody important a gift, something of value that it would provide opportunity for you to stand before great men. Proverbs 19 and 6. Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. How many know that's the truth? If you're giving gifts this Christmas just to random people, I want to be your friend, okay? And this wasn't just the way it was in politics, and those are political scriptures, believe it or not. But the poorest person in the kingdom was also required to bring a gift or a sacrifice when they appeared before the presence of God at his tabernacle. Leviticus 5 said that if a soul would sin, that he is going to bring a lamb for a sin offering. And if he's not able to bring a lamb, then he'll bring two turtle doves. And if he's not able to bring two turtle doves, then he needs to bring fine flour for a sin offering in He goes on to say that the priest shall make an atonement for him and it shall be forgiven him. You had to bring the Lord a gift. This is the crucial principle to grasp. Some gifts were given voluntarily in the way that we would give a present today, but other gifts were required at the penalty of your life. That would have been things like tribute money, uh, gifts to kings, a sacrifice to God. It was a high insult, and indignity to refuse a gift, and it could be fatal. Somebody uh, asked a question similar to this. They said, if the Bible calls the Holy Spirit a gift, then what's the big deal if I choose not to receive it? And they have entirely missed the point of the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because uh, it's important and it matters to God that we wouldn't refuse any good thing that our God would give us. Our God is so good. Our God is so wise. Our God is so loving and our God is so kind that our God only gives good gifts. Our God doesn't know how to give a bad gift. Our God doesn't ever give anything that will hurt you. Our God only gives good gifts that will bless you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Psalm 68 and 18 and 19, the Bible says, Thou hast ascended on high. This is a messianic uh, prophecy in the Psalms about Jesus Christ. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men. Yea, for the rebellious also that the Lord God might dwell among them. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. It wasn't that God didn't give anything back in the Old Testament. In fact, the Bible said here that He daily loadeth us with benefits. He loaded His people with benefits. It's just that the focus was on the fact that you had to bring a gift and then and only then would God receive you. You had to bring God a gift, and then God would receive you. God was teaching us something. He was establishing a principle in the Old Testament that was going to carry into the new. And that is that no matter how much we bring, it would never be enough. You'll never be able to bring God enough to to bless Him the way He ought to be blessed. You'll never be able to buy God the perfect gift that will bless him and 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 give him what he doesn't have. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything underneath the hill. He is a he is wealthy beyond all comprehension. Matter of fact, in the city that he went to prepare, we're going to be walking on streets of gold. That's how cheap the stuff is there. We're going to walk on streets of gold. You couldn't bring God enough. We praise God, but I'm going to tell you today, it it would be an impossibility for us to praise God enough. We worship God, but I'm going to tell you, it would be an impossibility for us to worship God enough and for us to give Him all that He is due. So we'll never be able to bring Him, quote-unquote, enough. But look at Ephesians 4 and verse number 7. The Bible said, But in every one Of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, that he led captivity captive. Now we're reaching back to that psalm I just read. And gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fulfill all things. So let me ask a question. Who was it that ascended from the grave? Jesus. Who was it that opened the graves of others? Ezekiel 37 said, And ye shall know that I am the Lord When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves. Let me ask, who was it that walked on water? Job 9 and 8, the Bible said, Which alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the waves of the sea. Let me ask a question. Who healed the blind, the deaf, and the lame? Isaiah 35 and 4 the Bible said, Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing, For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. The God in the Old Testament who received gifts from men is Jesus Christ in the New Testament who gives gifts to men and that's why I'm preaching today about unto us because we've got a good gift today we've got a wonderful gift today I don't know where I'd be if it hadn't been for Jesus I don't know what my life would be if it hadn't been for Jesus but thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in his name that he came for you and he came for me clap your hands and give him praise i'm gonna tell you today that because jesus has come anything can happen the church world talks about giving your life to jesus and that's good but it's not complete in the new testament god is the giver and He has a gift for you. You don't have to be a Christian under your own power or by your own efforts. Because God wants to help you and He wants to give you the gift of His Spirit. Amen. Luke eleven thirteen. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that... Ask him, John 4 and 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee, everybody say given, he would have given thee living water. Acts 2, 38, anybody quote that with me? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 8 and 20, Peter looked at Simon, and he said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. That's when he saw him laying hands on people, and they were receiving the Holy Ghost. And Peter said, you can't purchase this gift with money. Acts 10, 45. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. This is at Cornelius' house. They were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts eleven seventeen. For as much then as God gave them the like gift, as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? Hebrews 2 and 3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. I am telling you today that I I know that it was that we used to bring God a gift, but I'm going to tell you that we've got a God who said, I'm going to come give you a gift. And the gift I'm going to give you is much greater than any gift you could ever give me. The gift that I'm going to give you is wonderful. Matter of fact, let me tell you uh, the word that was used in the Bible for this gift. There's only three times in the Bible where the apostles used the word unspeakable. That means unutterable, untellable, unimaginable. Unbelievable, indescribable, inexpressible, indefinable, inconceivable, and incredible. There's three times that word unspeakable was used. That's when Paul had a vision of heaven. Second Corinthians 12 and 4, the Bible says, how that he was caught up in the paradise and heard, everybody say unspeakable. He heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. The second instance is when Peter anticipated seeing Jesus in heaven. He said in 1 Peter 1 and 8, Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And then in 2 Corinthians nine fifteen, when Paul speaks of God's gift of salvation, he says, Thanks be unto God, For his unspeakable gift. I am going to tell you today that the gift that our God came to give us is much greater than gold. It's much greater than frankincense. It's much greater than myrrh. The gift that our God has come to give us, it's much greater than your hand clap and you ought to clap. But it's much greater than your jump and you ought to jump. It's much greater than your shout and you ought to shout. It's much greater than your dance and you ought to dance. It's much greater than you running an aisle and you ought to run. It's much greater than anything you could have ever given him. You can't give God anything that's worth any more than what He's given us. and that is that He has given us the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. He has given us the gift of the Holy Ghost. You say, why is this Holy Ghost such an important thing to you? Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, same thing. Why is this so important to you? I'm going to tell you why it's important to me and why it matters. Because it is the Holy Ghost that ties me from this world to another world. I was, uh, I was in Texas in and we were y'all y'all heard the story about my horse flipping down the the, the canyon, and um, we were trying to get up and and get out of there. And this was important because uh, this was the only way out. If if we went out, we were gonna have to go out by ourselves, and leave the animals in there. And I didn't want to do that. Those things eat a lot, and they cost you a lot of money. And so we're trying to get up out of there, and 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 we're going and and uh some people had gotten up there and and so we we uh tied a uh we put a halter on uh the horse and and uh, after he fell down the hill <laughs> we put a halter on him and and we got him up to the point where it was uh, where it got to its most steep part and then we said all right uh you guys up there on top you're going to pull and and this that is down here is going to is you're going to pull him up and and so they they did that, you know. The horse we got him up where he needed to go, and these guys began to pull, and those of us that were behind began to holler and slap and say, "Get on up there!" And and uh, I like to preach to people like that sometimes. <laughs> Y'all see the way the the anointing flows through me. I mean, just I can't even I can't even help it. It just flows. Be a, oh, that's another message, another time. Anyway, we we're get on up there, and 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 they're pulling, and eventually we got that horse from down here up there, and and that's kind of what the Holy Ghost does from you and me. Oh, yeah. That Holy Ghost acts as acts as a lifeline to me, and one of these days that trumpet's gonna sound. Oh, yeah. Gabriel, go blow that horn. And that trumpet's going to sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, will be caught up together with Him in the air to meet Him in the air. And so shall we ever be one of these days that Holy Ghost. You think it's not important? Oh yeah, it is. Because one of these days that Holy Ghost is going to act as a, 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 as a magnet between me and God. He's going to say, come on up here. And it's going to be that Spirit of God that brings me up to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what else the Holy Ghost will do for you. The Holy Ghost will give you joy. The Holy Ghost will put peace in your life. The Holy Ghost will give you, will, will give you hope. The Holy Ghost will cause you to live an overcoming life. The Holy Ghost will cause you to look at things that ordinarily other people would look at and they'd say there's no way, there's no how, I can't get beyond this, I'll never get past this, this will always be a blight on my life. But for those of us that have the Holy Ghost, we say it may look bad now, but I've got a God who can turn all things for the good. I've got a God who is able to take this and cause something beautiful to come out of it. Hallelujah. Why is it important this Holy Ghost that you're preaching about? Let me tell you why this Holy Ghost is important. This Holy Ghost is important because this Holy Ghost leads and guides us into all truth. There's going to be days, there's going to be days that I'm going to be faced with decisions. And let me just help you out a little bit. Every little thing you're ever going to want to answer for is not going to be covered in black and white in that Bible. Everything that you're going to want an answer for is not going to be covered in black and white in this Bible. And this ties in with what you were teaching today, Brother Randall. Because there's going to be some days there won't be no law to live by. That's why the Pharisees got in so much trouble. They started making it up because they were dealing with situations that they didn't have a rule for. And so they started adding to. And 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 and, and there's going to be some, type, some things that you, you, you're not going to have. A black and white answer for it. I'm pretty positive this Bible says nothing about methamphetamines. And the last time I read it, I didn't see anything about crack cocaine. It's not in there. There's principles that apply in those situations. Let me tell you what you're going to have to have. You're going to have to have some Holy Ghost inside of you that leads and guides you into all truth. Saying, Lead me, Lord, help me make the right decision here. God, help me, don't let me have a misstep here. God, if I put my foot in the wrong place here, I got a family with me, and I could fall, and I could take them with me. In and, and the old uh the old uh adage says that when the mighty when the mighty oak falls, so too does the little fir and and I don't want to take out any little firs if an oak falls down. So I'm saying, lead me, Holy Ghost. Guide me, Holy Ghost. Take me where I need to be, Lord. And show me how I ought to live. Show me what decisions to make, God. Lead and guide me into all truth. You better believe you need the Holy Ghost. Everybody needs the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost isn't for preachers. The Holy Ghost isn't just for Sunday school teachers. The Holy Ghost is for everybody. God wants everybody to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because it is the Holy Ghost that allows us to live the kind of life that I'm preaching about today. Uh, Is anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost? I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost. So I'm preaching today unto us. Because if it hadn't been for the coming of Jesus, there'd been no Holy Ghost for us. Because it's when he goes to leave that he says, Now I came and I spoiled you. Has there ever been anybody that got spoiled to a comfort We talk about the good old days. We love the good old days in our mind. Nostalgia. Now, I'm not talking about family members and loved ones. That's a different thing. I'm, we go back to them in a heartbeat and spend time with them, wouldn't we? And by the way, I'm praying for all of you that have lost loved ones. And, and I know that the holidays can be a tough time. I want you to know I've been praying for you. And I'm believing God to help you through this, but we get spoiled to some creature uh some some comforts and 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 we like'em and um I'm gonna just tell you right now, I hope I never have to buy another vehicle that doesn't have one of those backup cameras in it. Is that not the neatest thing? I like that I don't have to turn i just i just Watch that screen, and I back up, and and I mean I can see everything back there, and and it's even got sensors on it. Isn't that nice? So if I get a little too close to something, it starts beeping, right. and uh, and it, it it beeps green, and then yellow, and then in red on the screen, it'll show me green, yellow, red. If I'm green, I'm good. If I'm yellow, watch out. If I'm red, you better stop. But it's nice because I got I get pretty close, you know, and that's that's a comfort. I like it. I've gotten used to it. And, and uh, I, like my, I like my cell phone. I, 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 I've i told you I have a love-hate relationship with it. But it's mostly probably love because because I just don't know what I'd do without this thing. This keeps me connected. And, and uh, they got on to me. I was on that ride in Texas, and, and I was uh, taking a few phone calls and answering some texts. And they said, they said, you're not supposed to do that out here. And I said, well, y'all pastor your way. I'm going to pastor mine. And I did disconnect a little bit, partly by because you had to. There was very few places for reception out there, but and and, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful uh, I like to ride a horse as a hobby. I don't want to ride a horse because I have to. I'm just going to tell you and uh and, and we go on and on down the list, and we love our how many are thankful for for central heat and air right now. See, I knew there'd be a witness in the spirit right there. How manys thankful for a nice, comfortable mattress? Amen. Brother Clyde and I were talking and and we were talking this morning i was I was complimenting Jacks on his boots. he's got some cool boots, and we were talking about it and and uh I was telling him i said, I really enjoy wearing my boots i said i've got a pair of, i said my my favorite pair of boots is the ones that I go riding in they're just an old pair of Justin boots, and they're beat up, but they've got this really nice um, comfort sole inside of them. And uh, so I put those on, and, and it feels really good. And when we went to Disney this past year, uh, I went and bought me a pair of tennis shoes, and and got me a nice pair of running shoes, and they had the most comfortable sole in them. And uh, and, and I, I walked it all over the place, and and enjoyed it. And I'm just going to tell you, I was very, th- I am thankful for my comforts that i have and you are too you are too i'm so thankful for the comfortable things that we have in life and we get used to them and and uh we we come to depend upon them well i'm going to tell you i don't know how i'd get by without the holy ghost anymore (laughs) this holy ghost has been the best thing that's ever happened to me I don't even want to think about how I'd respond to some things if I didn't have the Holy Ghost. Sister Linda, we already struggle at the traffic lights, don't we? We talked about that the other day. And if I catch one of you being that person who tries to push through the light at the very end, when you know it's it's turning red, and you just don't want to wait for the next one, and, and you're going to push through, and you're, you know you're about to be stuck in the middle of the intersection. Come on, somebody. I'm coming after you. I already need the Holy Ghost to help me keep my spirit right, help me keep my attitude right, help me make good decisions. I wouldn't want to try to live without the Holy Ghost. I am so thankful that unto us a child was born, unto us a Savior was given. And I am so glad that he said, you got used to me being around. That's where I got off on all that. He said, you got comfortable with me being here. But guess what? I've got to go, but I will not leave you comfortless. I'm going to send the comforter and he'll be with you. He was speaking of the Holy Ghost. He said, this same spirit that dwells in me, I'm going to allow a portion of it to come dwell in you. He said, go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. And and as they were in that upper room on that day. Is this an okay for a Christmas message today? As they were in that upper room that day. and, And they were all praying. They were in one mind and one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there set upon them cloven tongues like as of fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And from there, they began to, 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 to go out into the streets. And they get out into the streets, and they're talking in tongues, and, and, and they're worshiping God. And people said, y'all are crazy, you're drunk, you've lost your minds. And Peter said, no, we're not drunk as ye suppose. It's just the ninth hour of the day," he said. "But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel that it shall come to pass in the last days," saith God, "that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams." And he goes to he goes to quoting Joel and telling them all about what's happening right here and what this is, and 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 uh, they had received the Holy Ghost, and I am so thankful that the Holy Ghost is not just something that was for 12 apostles. I am so thankful that the Holy Ghost is not just something that was for a first century church. I am so thankful that the Holy Ghost... Was not just for a handful. I'm so glad today that the Holy Ghost. Is for whosoever will. Jesus stood up in that great day of the feast. And he said. Whosoever hungers. Whosoever thirsts. Let them come to me. And I will let them drink of the water of life freely. And brother. I went to that fountain. I got a drink of that water. And I know how good it is. I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. I don't want to live without the Holy Ghost. You don't need to live without. Without the Holy Ghost, everybody in this room ought to be praising God for the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Unto us. Unto us. He said in the Old Testament, you come, you want to come to my presence, you bring me a gift. But in the New Testament, he said, if you'll come to my presence, he said, I got a gift for you. I got something for you that you could have never imagined. It's wonderful. It's refreshing beyond all comprehension. I'm going to allow you to taste of the water of life. I thank God for the gift of the Holy Ghost. We have this gift because he loves us. What kind of a God would do something like that? What kind of a God in all of his glory and majesty and splendor says, I'm going to humble myself and I'll be found in fashion as a man. And I'm going to take on, in part, I'm going to take on your limitations and I'll endure your temptations And I'll deal, I'll feel the effects of hunger. I'll feel the effects of of exhaustion. All these things that you have dealt with. He said, I'll deal with them as well. Because I want you to know that I'm not a God that's afar off. I'm not a God that is so far from you that you can't ever touch me. He said, let me just tell you how close to you I want to be. And let me show you how much I love you. I'm going to allow the spirit that dwells within me to come and dwell within you. You talk about a great love. You talk about a great love. Unto us, a child was born. Unto us, a son was given. And we have tasted of the gift that he brought to us. And I want to praise him for it today. I want to honor him for it today. If we went through the room today and I started going to different ones, there's some of you I know enough about your background and where you come from. I could give a little bit of your testimony and I could tell people this one endured this and this one walked through that and and this one had this hang up and this one had this issue and this one came from this background and. This one had this experience in life that marked them. and We could go through this room today and we could talk about all those things. And there'd be a, there would be a multitude of different, um, of different backgrounds. But you know what our common denominator would be? We were all touched by the power of the Holy Ghost. One spirit. One spirit, Paul said we've all been touched by the power of the Spirit of God. That Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how our God loves us and has cared for us. I wonder today if there's anybody in this room that says, I just want to thank Him for what He's done for me. For filling me with His Spirit. For helping me continue on my way all these years. I just want to thank God. What he has given unto me. Let's stand together this morning. I wonder if we could step out from where we are. And we could make our way to the front of this church. If you're here today. And you've never received the Holy Ghost. But you would like to receive the Holy Ghost. you got to come up here. And we'll pray with you. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. It is the greatest thing that could ever happen to us. It's the most wonderful gift that you'll ever receive. It is the most blessed experience that you'll ever have. We thank you for it, Jesus. We thank you for it, Jesus. This gift that you have given unto us. This gift that you have given unto us. Let's call on His name. Let's call on His name. Let's call on His name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, somebody lift your voice right now. If you're thankful for what God has done, if you're thankful for what God has done in your life, We bless you today, Lord. We bless you today, Lord. We bless you today, Lord. So unworthy, but you came for us anyway. So dirty, but you came for us anyway.
1: a hurricane, I am a tree bending beneath the weight of His wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory, and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me and oh how Is our prize drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes? If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. So heaven meets earth like a beautiful kiss. My heart turns violently inside of my chest. I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us.